What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today with Week 2 Fantasy Football Wide Receiver Starts and Sits. This is where we break down every single wide receiver matchup, who we want to be starting, who we want to be sitting, who's a viable flex option, and all that will be covered in this video today. We also break down wide receiver and cornerback matchups, game script, so you guys can be best informed for your wide receiver start-sit decisions in Week 2 of Fantasy Football. So, if you guys enjoy this video at any point, if you feel like you received some value, go down below, hit the like button. It really helps us out, really helps us grow. If you haven't already done so, hit the subscribe button on the back end. I can see a lot of you guys are not subscribed that are watching these videos. Go ahead and do it. It really helps us out and it's totally free to do so. And leave any start sick questions down in the comment section down below. If you guys get it in within the first two, three hours that this video is live, I will definitely get to your questions. But with that being said, let's get right into it. So quick reminder before we get into it, check out our new sponsor, EstablishTheRun.com. You can use promo code FSE for 10% off at checkout any of their packages. If you guys play DFS, if you guys play you know, prop bets, all that kind of stuff, they have some of the best analysts in the industry, the most well-researched DFS and player prop guys out there. And like I said, promo code FSE gets you 10% off whatever you purchase there. So we really appreciate them for sponsoring the show. Here is the matchup chart, though, of the wide receiver week. This chart is a composite of 50% last year's ranking of these defenses and 50% of week one. Since we don't have a ton of information on these defenses yet, I'm still going to incorporate some of last year's data into this. Once we get to like week seven, week eight, we'll know exactly what these defenses are. But for now, we're going to use a little bit of last year's as well. So if you guys are listening to this on podcast feed, I suggest heading over to YouTube because I won't be saying everything that is on the screen uh, for timeliness sake, spreads over unders, wide receiver cornerback matchups. All that stuff will be on the screen as I'm talking, but I won't necessarily touch on all of it. So uh, before we get into the first game, which is Thursday Night Football, here are the Week 2 shadow matchups according to PFF's Eden Harditz. We expect you know Michael Thomas and Carlton Davis to go at it. Uh, Mike Evans, Marshawn Lattimore, the classic shadow matchup. Brandon Cooks versus Pat Sertain, the second. CeeDee Lamb versus Chidobe Awuzie. Jamar Chase versus Trayvon Diggs. Rashad Bateman versus Xavier Howard. Allen Robinson versus A.J. Terrell. Deontay Johnson versus Jonathan Jones. DJ Moore versus Adoree Jackson, Terry McLaurin, and Jahan Dotson expected to see Amani Oruwariye and Jeff Okuda, and then Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to see Darius Slay and James Bradbury. So those are the shadow matchups that we need to be worried about this week, but let's get it kicked off with a heat seeker of a Thursday night football game. Chargers at Chiefs. Chiefs are minus four uh, favorites right now, over under a 54 points. Juju Smith-Schuster and Mike Williams have to be in your lineup. Just the, the overall scoring potential in this game, you have to have them in your lineup as top 24 options. Keenan Allen has already been ruled out with a hamstring injury. And in this high of an over-under type of game, I do not blame anybody for throwing Josh Palmer into their flex uh, or into their wide receiver spot because you never want to put guys into your flex on Thursday Night Football. But I have Josh Palmer ranked inside my top 40 overall wide receivers. He ran 71% of the routes last week versus DeAndre Carter's 40%. So I know Carter had the better game. But with Keenan Allen out, I expect Josh Palmer to be the guy out there in two wide receiver sets. If you need a desperation flex option, if you pick them up off of waivers, I do think he is a viable option this week. And like I said, you guys can see the wide receiver cornerback matchups on the screen. From the Chiefs side of things, I wouldn't be really messing with anybody outside of Juju Smith-Schuster. I wouldn't be throwing Marquez Valdez-Scantling, McCole Hardman, or Sky Moore into your lineup. But from a usage standpoint, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is the guy that was the wide receiver two running 80% of the routes, the same amount as Juju Smith-Schuster 
in week one. So if you're going to play somebody, it should be MVS. But let's move on to the next game. We have the Commanders at Lions. In this game, Terry McLaurin and Amon Ross St. Brown are both inside my top 20 wide receivers. So they are definitely in your lineup. It looks like Amon Ross St. Brown can definitely produce while TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift are on the field. He recorded a 32% target share in week one. So no big deal. He's still continuing that 30% target share uh, streak. Seven straight games going back to last year that he has had over 30% of the Lions targets. The rest of the options that are in this game, all the commanders, wide receivers, and the uh, DJ Chark as well, are all low-end flex options. If I had to pick one out of these guys, I would start Jahan Dotson as uh, between him, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Chark. He operated as the wide receiver two in his first NFL game, running 90% of the routes last week to Curtis Samuel's 83%. But Dotson, Samuel, and Chark are all inside my top 50 wide receivers for the week. So you could definitely do worse if you have no other options. Hopefully some of you guys out there picked up Jahan Dotson, picked up Curtis Samuel as good stashes going forward. And you guys can see the matchups for them on the screen, a little bit tougher matchups uh, for the uh, Washington receivers than they would have had last week in Jacksonville. So moving on to the Dolphins at Ravens, Tyreek and Waddle are definitely going to be in your lineup this week. Top 24 guys every single week. They absorbed 55% of the Dolphins targets last week in week one, which is exactly what should be happening. This offense should be running between those two guys. And honestly, it should be 60 to 65% of the total targets going to those two uh, stud wide receivers. Also, the Dolphins sneakily passed at the highest pass rate above expectation of any team in week one. You can see on the screen right now, there's a chart that showcases the Dolphins were a pass-heavy operation, which is not something that we necessarily thought coming into Mike McDaniel's coaching tenure because he comes from San Francisco, historically a run-heavy operation. So good news that the Dolphins are playing a lot more up-tempo, a lot more pass-heavy than, uh, than the 49ers have been in the past. On the Ravens side of things, we have Rashad Bateman not seeing the usage that we wanted to see in week one, but he did make the big play that saved his week. Hopefully the routes and the targets continue to climb. I think he's a wide receiver three type flex option week in and week out. Wide receiver 31 for me in my rankings right now, but we want to see him get up to more of that like 80, 90% of the routes. Maybe it was because they were blowing the Jets out. We'll have to see in a potentially closer game how Bateman is actually deployed. Now to the Jets at Browns. Vegas predicts an extremely low scoring game over under of 40 points and the sharps right now are on the under. So they're expecting a sloppy, gross, not a lot of offense type of game in this one. Amari Cooper tops the matchup chart with the best matchup of any wide receiver this week. So I think he is a fine, you know, top 36 wide receiver. Same goes for Elijah Moore. Both of those guys are wide receiver threes as well in the range of guys like Rashad Bateman, guys like Adam Thielen and guys like Brandon Ayuk. So if you have a bunch of those guys on your roster, it's really a toss up. Definitely uh, feel free to ask any start set questions down below. You guys can see the matchups on the screen as well. Sauce Gardner probably going to stick to Amari Cooper for the most part. If I had to imagine, same goes for Denzel Ward. On Elijah Moore usage wise, I don't really have a ton of takeaways from the Browns last week, but Cooper and Donovan Peoples Jones were operating as the clear number one and number two running over 90% of the route. So um, David Bell, a guy I liked as a great sleeper coming into the season, not quite getting the usage that we want to see. And then on the Jets side of things, I think it's interesting to note that they're basically deploying a wide receiver two by committee with Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson and Braxton Berrios um, all kind of playing a wide receiver two role, but it is very clear that Elijah Moore is the wide receiver one here running 90% of the routes to 68, 56 and 47% respectively for those other three guys. But it's possible that Garrett Wilson starts to take over as the wide receiver two in this offense sooner rather than later. 
Moving on to Colts at Jaguars. And this one's really simple. I don't need to spend too much time on this one. You start the, uh, the wide receiver ones in this game, Michael Pittman Jr. and Christian Kirk. Both are in my top 24 with Pittman in my top 10. The Jags are operating a classic three wide receiver set offense with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Marvin Jones running a ton of routes, mainly the, the driving forces of this offense. And Christian Kirk commanding a 28% target share in his first game with the Jacksonville Jaguars, showing that they were not messing around when they gave him all the money that they gave him. He has a bit of a tougher matchup this week against Kenny Moore, who allowed a lot of catches last week, but is generally considered one of the best slot corners in the league. So maybe not a great matchup for Christian Kirk. We can move on to Panthers at Giants. In this game, you're going to start DJ Moore, and you're going to low-end flex Robbie Anderson and probably avoid all the Giants wide receivers. DJ Moore, in my opinion, is a prime buy-low candidate. He nearly made the top five uh, you know, trade targets video because he and Robbie Anderson operated as the clear alphas in these in this offense, 100% of the team's routes. But the Panthers only threw 27 times, and I don't expect Robbie Anderson to out-target DJ Moore very often. So give me DJ Moore out-targeting him more often than not. I think he's a prime buy low candidate. You can probably get him for you know fringe-level options, wide receiver three types like a Christian Kirk like, you know, a somebody, Rashad Bateman, somebody that had a big play in week one, I would much rather have DJ more rest of season than those guys. And I think you could probably get him for those players. And uh, like I said, low end flex, Robbie Anderson, I think he's a fine, you know, top 40, top 45 type of play. Um, but Kadarius, Tony, you can't play him on, on the Giants side of things until we see the usage correct itself. Cause he was just not out there on the field. It sounds like it's a disciplinary thing, but until he's out there running routes, I'm not putting him in my lineup. Buccaneers at Saints for starters. I mean, go Bucks, fuck the Saints every day and twice on Sunday because I absolutely can't stand this team. But in this game, you are firing up the usual suspects. Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, both expected to see shadow coverage like I talked about. Mike Evans versus Marshawn Lattimore and Michael Thomas versus Carlton Davis, both of whom have historically struggled against those corners. So I'm going to downgrade those guys a little bit this week, but they are still definitely in your lineups. I think flexing either of the Bucks. Uh, wide receiver two and three, Russell Gage and uh, Julio Jones are probably solid um, low-end flex plays as well because Chris Godwin, we expect to be out for this game. And the Saints, you know, secondary outside of Marshawn Lattimore looked pretty suspect last week against Atlanta. If I had to rank the tertiary options in this game, I would play Julio as the number one of those guys, then Chris Olave, then Russell Gage, and then Jarvis Landry. But hopefully you have better options because Julio is actually the only one that I have inside my top 40 at wide receiver with those other guys floating in the 45 to 55 range of my ranking. So uh, we can move on to Patriots at Steelers. And this one looks like an absolute drizzler as well, just like the Browns and the Jets game. 40 point over under 94% of the money. So the Sharps are big time hammering the under in this game. The only guy that I'm starting at wide receiver in this game is Deontay Johnson. Vegas stays in business for a reason. Sit everybody not named Deontay Johnson in this game. It's going to be a you know slow, low-paced, sloppy, run-heavy type of game. So Deontay Johnson expected to be shadowed by Jonathan Jones, but uh, Jonathan Jones was absolutely abused by Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in week one. So I'm not really concerned about Deontay Johnson, but I'm not going to get cute. I'm not starting Cl Chase Claypool or George Pickens or even Jacoby Myers or anybody like that in this game. I think this this game will run through Najee Harris, assuming he plays Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth. And then on the Patriot side of things, it'll probably just run through the running backs. And hopefully they look a little bit better than they did last week because that was pretty putrid to the 4 p.m. games. Seattle Seahawks at San Francisco 49ers. Another low total in this one, 41 point over under. In this game, you can fire up DK Metcalf. You can fire up Debo Samuel. Both of those guys are top 25 wide receivers. As I discussed in the buy lows video yesterday, I think Brandon Ayuk will see a lot more targets now that Elijah Mitchell is out and Debo Samuel will probably transition more into that wingback role without their starting running back. We saw last week 
that he had eight carries, averaged five carries per game last year when Elijah Mitchell was out of the lineup. So I really like Brandon Ayuk as a buy low slash good start candidate. And I like the higher on his fantasy points over on underdog fantasy. If you guys want to check that out, promo code FSE as usual. Um, but I have him at wide receiver 30 this week. So I think he's a solid flex play and Tyler Lockett is my wide receiver 40. So I'm also fine throwing him as a low end flex option as well. Moving on to the Falcons at Rams. I mean, this game is going to outline exactly why Cooper Cup is so dominant because AJ Terrell is expected to shadow Allen Robinson and they can't shadow Cooper Cup. And the reason that they can't do it is because of how he's deployed. He's deployed all over the formation in the slot. So Allen Robinson is going to get the Robert Woods treatment of last year where he's drawing the number one corners away, but Cooper Cup is eating all the targets up. So I still have Allen Robinson as wide receiver 26 on the week, but it definitely would not shock me if Allen Robinson had another down performance. So if you're nervous about starting Allen Robinson and you have some better options, if you have some running backs or something like a Darrell Henderson, I would rather start him than Allen Robinson in my flex this week. Uh, Drake London on the other side of things has a nice matchup as well. He's a top 36 wide receiver for me on the week after he commanded a 22% target share in his first career NFL game and over 31% of the Falcons air yards. And now that I think about it, honestly, I think I would rather start Drake London than Allen Robinson in this game. So I'm probably going to move Allen Robinson down my rankings. Uh, Bengals at Cowboys, the next game that we have here. No word yet if T. Higgins is going to play. He's currently in the concussion protocol. But if he clears the concussion protocol, he's probably a top 12, top 15 wide receiver. And he's definitely in your lineup and could have a big, big game going up against, you know, the opposite of Trayvon Diggs because Trayvon Diggs is expected to shadow Jamar Chase. Now, I don't really care because Jamar Chase is such a stud, but it does, you know, lean to the fact that T. Higgins might have a bigger game if he's playing. If T. Higgins is out, I think Tyler Boyd is a fine top 40 wide receiver option as well, especially in PPR leagues. On the Cowboys side of things, I broke down CeeDee Lamb as a great buy low opportunity in yesterday's video. And this is why I think he's a great buy low. If you guys missed it, losing Dak Prescott definitely hurts CeeDee Lamb, but CeeDee Lamb posted 17 PPR points in the one game that he played with Cooper Rush last year. And CeeDee Lamb was well ahead of the 70 high 70s percentage of the routes that he ran for the Cowboys last year in week one. He was up near you know 98% of the routes. He was clearly the alpha wide receiver, 26% of the team's targets, 29% of the air yards, 27% of the third down targets, 30% of the play action targets. He's clearly operating as the number one in this offense. And Shadobi Awuzie, who's expected to shadow him, is not as good of a corner as the Buccaneers showed on Sunday night football. So despite Dak Prescott being out, I am still willing to start CeeDee Lamb as a top 25 option. And I think he is a great buy low right now as well. So we can move on to the Texans at Broncos. The two Broncos dogs, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are definitely in your lineup. And Brandon Cooks is also probably a top like 30 option as well, but I'm not excited about him because he is expected to be shadowed by Patrick Sertain, who I think is maybe not a household name yet, but he is a great corner. And Brandon Cooks in the Texans offense, I just don't trust them to be you know, very productive in this game against a tough Denver defense. So not a must start in my opinion, but both guys were out there for the Broncos at over 90% of the routes on Monday night with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. And also, I don't think they're going to target the running backs and tight ends as much as they did on Monday night. So I expect Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton to probably carve out better target shares than they showed Monday night. Cardinals at Raiders. This game definitely has some shootout appeal. 51 and a half point over under. Neither defense looked particularly scary in week one. And both offenses are up-tempo offenses, pass-heavy offenses. In this game, clearly Devontae Adams is going to be in your starting lineup here. And, you know, going forward, I find it hilarious that people actually thought he wasn't going to get an alpha target share in this offense because Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro were there. 45% target share is probably not going to happen every single week. But I do think he is going to be a top three, top five wide receiver for the rest of the season. In this game also, I really like Marquise Brown to bounce back. 
in a much easier matchup than what he saw last week against Kansas City playing in a terrible game script. So I really like uh, Marquise Brown to bounce back. I also like the higher on his fantasy points in this game, according to Underdog Fantasy. Uh, and then Hunter Renfro probably took a huge, huge you know, fall from grace. He might even be on your waiver wire after what happened in week one and what people saw with Devontae Adams. But I do think he's a fine, you know, top 45 wide receiver for me this week and probably for the rest of the season as well. But anybody who drafted Hunter Renfro thinking he was going to do what he did last year, sorely mistaken. When Devontae Adams comes in, that definitely, um, you know, takes a big hit for those ancillary receivers like Hunter Renfro. Now we go to Sunday night football and it is bears at Packers. Of course, we know green Bay owns the Chicago bears, which is probably why the line in this game is green Bay minus 10, even though they only scored 10, uh, seven points last week. And Chicago is actually one and oh, um, it's a 41 and a half point over under. I don't give betting advice, but if you guys wanted to bet on this game, I really love the bears against the spread nine and a half, 10 is what most sports books have them. I'm probably going to throw a few bones on this one myself, but from a fantasy perspective, you're not really excited about any of these wide receivers. Darnell Mooney is probably the one that you would start in this game as a top 36 type of option. And I think he should bounce back in what was like a complete slot fest against the 49ers in week one. But I talked about, um, you know, Christian Watson on the waiver show from the Packers side of things. He saw the most routes on the team in his first NFL game after missing most of training camp. So I think if he's on your waiver wire right now and you're holding you know, um, a Trevor Lawrence as your second quarterback after you already have like Jalen Hurts or something, I would drop your second quarterback, drop your second tight end if you already have an elite option. Go and stash Christian Watson because he could definitely turn into something. And if he catches that long touchdown instead of dropping it, we're not even having this conversation right now. He would be, you know, one of the top waiver pickups of last week. And I really don't care that Alan Lazard is coming back. A lot of people might say, well, Alan Lazard's coming back. Are we worried about Christian Watson now? No, Alan Lazard is dust. If you have a chance to sell him before this game, I would highly suggest you do so because everybody might still think that he's the missing piece and he's the alpha of this offense. I don't think he's going to turn into anything. So make sure uh, if you guys have Alan Lazard on your roster, try and shop him for like a Brandon Ayuk type if you can. So uh, moving to Monday night football, and we actually have two games on a Monday night double header this week. We have Titans at Bills. Bills are favored by 10, 48 point over under. Sit all of the Titans wide receivers in this game. Don't start Robert Woods. Don't start Traylon Burks. Don't start Kyle Phillips. Uh, Burks isn't playing enough snaps yet to warrant being starting, uh, being a starter for your matchup. So this is also a brutal matchup. The Bills defense looked absolutely fierce against the Rams last week. We might get Tredavious White back, which even hurts them uh, at the Titans even more. So I'm not expecting a very close game here. I think the Bills are going to win this one handedly, and I don't think the Titans are going to get a whole lot going on offense. So uh, the Bills receivers are the guys that you want to start in this game. Diggs and Davis, just call it a night. Put those guys into your lineup. Should be a favorable matchup for the Bills to do work against the Titans. You guys can see the matchups on the screen for Diggs and for Gabriel Davis as well. I'm totally cool putting those guys in as top 24 wide receivers this week. And finally, we move to the Vikings at Eagles. This is not a good matchup for Justin Jefferson. It's not a good matchup for Adam Thielen either because Darius Slay and James Bradbury might be probably the best wide or, uh, cornerback tandem in the entire league. But Justin Jefferson is matchup proof. I don't really care who's defending him because I think he's probably a lock for 100 yards a game. But I still do like Adam Thielen despite the tough matchup for him as a top 36 wide receiver. So those guys into your lineup, 50 and a half point over under in this game. I expect probably a lot of points on both sides. And both teams really, after being run heavy teams last year, showed that they're going to be more pass heavy than what we saw. And I like Dalvin Cook to bounce back this week with the wide receivers having potentially tougher matchups. On the Eagles side of things, A.J. Brown could go absolutely dummy again after what he did to Detroit. I think the Vikings secondary is probably just as bad as Detroit's. I have Devontae Smith right now at 37 among wide receivers. So even though he put up a donut last week, I still think he's a solid flex play in your lineup because like I said, 50, 50 and a half point over under, I expect 
quite a bit of points to be scored in this one. So um, if you guys enjoyed this video, like I said, uh, like, comment, subscribe. I will throw the matchup chart on the screen one last time so you guys can check it over. But if you guys haven't already done so, I made some references to some of the, the pick'em lines that I like this week. Check out underdogfantasy.com. If you guys want to take some of this advice right into action, you can run some Battle Royale drafts for DFS contests. You can do some higher or lower pick'ems, as I showed throughout the video, on players' fantasy points, on their yards, on their attempts. All that kind of stuff is available on Underdog Fantasy. And it's a ton of fun. It's a fun way to get some uh, skin in the game without having to, you know, bet pick'ems and spreads and all that kind of stuff. So promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit will get you 100% back on whatever you put in on Underdog Fantasy. So if you put in $20 to do some pick'ems, you'll have $40 on the site to play with. And as a free gift, as a thank you for using our promo code and not our competitors' promo codes, you guys will get our weekly rankings for free. So you never have to join a start set live stream again. You can just check our weekly rankings and be on your merry way. You'll also get our dynasty rankings for the rest of the season, which will be updated bi-weekly every three weeks or so. And coming soon, we're also going to have our rest of season rankings coming as early as week two, week three. So um, that will all be available to you just for using the promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit on Underdog Fantasy. And if you guys want access to all that stuff and you're in a state that does not allow Underdog or you already are a member on Underdog Fantasy, patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange is how you can get that. Really appreciate all the support you guys have shown to the channel. We are closing in on 15,000 subscribers, 10,000 subscribers or 10,000 followers over on TikTok. If you haven't checked us out over there, make sure you do so because you're going to find some content over there that you won't find here. So with that being said, peace out and we'll talk to you soon.